from Car Rigs and Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo. So welcome, everyone, to another episode of It Figures. My name is Sandy Guy, and I oversee the human capital strategies at Carr, Riggs & Ingram. And this week, we're going to talk about what talent really wants. Over the last, certainly the last couple of years, but it seems like the duration of my career, I am inundated with emails from consultants and publications with all kinds of stats of what talent wants, whether it's financial benefits or work-life benefits. You're constantly hearing what talent wants for you to be able to recruit and retain them. And sometimes those messages can seem to conflict with one another. But when you look back over certainly the last three to four years and all of the things that have been going on in the market for talent um, and just in the workplace in general, there's definitely been a shift. And recently I came across a TikTok and yes, I do listen to TikTok. I am obsessed. Um, But I came across a TikTok by Simon Sinek where he was talking about some changes in the workplace. And one of the things he was talking about was that back in the day, and I'm going to say back in the day, um, even as most recent as the mid to late 90s, um, people were loyal to work. You know, to them, they went to work. It was a place to earn a paycheck. But really where you found your purpose was at church, where you found your friendships were at home where you found your sense of community, the example he used was the bowling league. But over time, everybody's become a little more insular. And now you get those things from work. Um, Now a lot of talent expect their employer to be where they find their purpose, their friendship, their community, their social life. Now, um, especially over the last year or two, we seem to find that um, talent wants their employer to agree with their politics. Um, He even went so far as to suggest that some of the younger workers look to their employer to even be their therapist. Basically, they want to bring all their problems to work. And when he first said that, I kind of scratched my head and I'm like, I don't know. But then I thought, yeah, I do spend a large part of my day talking to people about what they're struggling with. And we as employers do talk to people about the importance of being able to bring your whole self to work. So is there some truth to that? And I think there is, but I do believe in the individual. And I think really to understand what talent wants, you have to talk to the individual talent. So that's what we're going to do today. So what I did, I reached out to two um, professionals from Car Riggs and Ingram that fall within that very highly sought after demographic right now in public accounting. Accounting, They are two, happen to be two audit seniors, but they are certainly in that demographic. And before we dive in, I'm going to have them introduce themselves. Absolutely. So yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm Grant Schumpert. I am at, in our Birmingham office. I have been full-time with Car Riggs. It'll be six years here in this September. Um, I'm originally from Nashville, and I came to Birmingham to go to attend Sanford, which is crazy. It'll be 
I've been here 11 years counting college coming up this September. Um, and like I said, I graduated from Sanford and have been uh, here at CRI ever since. I've really enjoyed it. I am married and I have two kids as of about a week and a half ago, which is crazy. And I also turned 30 last week. So a lot of things, uh, a lot of things have been happening in the last couple of weeks for me. Okay, I'm going to feel bad. Did you turn 30 on the day that we were talking last week? Because I'm going to feel no, bad. It was, no, it was <laughs> So even bring your birthday to work. I, I was going to feel bad if it was your birthday um, when we were speaking last week. So my other guest, um, I did think it was important to have um, certainly different perspectives at the table. Um, we have Melissa with us as well. So Melissa, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, hi, I'm Melissa Wyatt. I'm an audit senior through the Atlanta practice, um, and I've been with Cargs and Ingram since January 19th of 2021, so just a little little over two years now. Um, graduated from the University of North Georgia and came down here. I'm newly wed. I have a new home, and as of yesterday, new kitten, so adding to the family and um, just trying to navigate through life, new marriage and the new house and being with my husband who just so happens to be military. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of hard work. So It's a lot going on. You also have a, a, a very active hobby in photography. And I know because I've seen the pictures, you do a great job taking engagement photos and all kinds of great stuff. Thank so. you. Busy girl, busy girl. So let's let's dig in. Um, and I do, I want y'all to be honest about, we're going to explore a little bit about what's important to y'all, what you look for um, in your employer and, and kind of see if some of the things that we're hearing hold true for, you know, people in your um, stage of life. Clearly you both have a lot going on, starting families, whether it's, hey, just got married and we committed to a kitten today or, you know, we've been married and had a second child and turned 30 um, and all the things that come along with that. So let's start with the big one that we hear a lot about lately. And the most common thing, um, I don't think a day goes by, there is not something in my inbox from um, a publication or a consultant that doesn't say everybody wants remote work. Um, I work remote full time. I have since 2015. And I will say, not personally a fan. I knew when I was going to be working fully remote that it's just not my nature. I prefer to be in an office if I can. Love my job, love what I do. Um, but I, I personally like to have things separate. So um, we'll start with you, Grant. Um, so do you work remote hybrid? Do you want to be remote? How important is that that remote work to you? Well, to start, I'm mostly in the office. Um, I would say pre-COVID, I was in the office or at a client 99% of the time. That's definitely changed some in the last couple of years. Um, there's definitely a lot more ability to work from home if needed. Um, I would say, though, that I do not, I do not want to, definitely do not want to be 100% remote. Um, I think, you know, I think hybrid can mean so many different things. You talk to different people. I mean, hybrid can mean coming in one day a week. It can mean, you know, coming in a couple times a month. Personally, um, I like coming in, seeing people. I like having my own space. Like you were just saying, I like it being separate uh, from my house. I don't have a great office setup, especially now with uh, with uh, two two kids running around. 
Um, so anyway, for me personally, I would not want to be remote 100%. I think also being here where I am, I don't have to get in traffic nearly as much, which I know is a big, depending on where you live, bigger city, you know, even even just like in Nashville, I know that can be a big, big game change if you're sitting in your car for 45 minutes each way. Um, but I would say one thing that has changed while I'm not someone who wants to be remote all the time, having that ability to, to do it when needed, I would say is close to a must though. I don't know hardly anyone now that, that would want to do their job and never have the ability to like, okay, I need a day to be at home. You know, I've got to pick my daughter up early, whatever it is. Um, if I had to go back to how it was when I started in 2017, that would be tough to just to not have any of that um, or to not have that option at all. Um, but overall, yeah, I'm not someone who wants to work from home. And it's interesting talking to a lot of college kids the last couple of years on just doing our on, on-campus uh, visits and whatnot. I've yet to have someone tell me that they want to work remote 100%. Same. Um, same. You know, and the, exactly same. Now, I'd be remiss because um, as I'm, I'm looking at you, Melissa, I can tell you're at home. Um, and I also know that you live kind of far from the Atlanta office, I believe. So what about you? Do you work fully remote, hybrid? And, and is it what you want, the schedule you want? Would you want to be remote full time? When I first started, I didn't want to be remote. But now that I've moved probably an hour away from the office, being able, like Grant said, being able to have the flexibility to work from the office or from my house is super important to me. Um, some weeks or some days I could just wake up and say, you know, I don't really feel like going in. Um, traffic's going to be bad. It's nasty out, something to that effect and just work from home, which is fine with my team. Now, I, as an auditor, I do have to go out to clients, so I can't really say, oh, I'm going to work from home this day. But um, I prefer the hybrid model now that I've gotten to experience the hybrid model. I could not work 100% remote Definitely a people person, love to chat, love the interactions with people in the office. Um, so yeah. the hybrid the hybrid works very well for me. It's interesting you talk about the interactions in the office. I was um, in the Atlanta office recently um, to do some work. And when I was driving back to Charlotte after that, I thought, God, I miss... I miss just hanging out. I got to see you and a lot of other people in there and just um, that interaction I miss. But Grant, to your point, I was on campus at Appalachia State not too long ago and we were talking about remote. Not a single person in that group said, it was beta outside, not a single one of them said, yeah, I want to be fully remote. It was um, having flexibility and um, being able to be hybrid. But let's, as I think back on Atlanta, because um, the Atlanta office, which they moved into that office, I guess, about a year ago, year or two years ago, it's pretty fancy pants. It's a very, very nice bells and whistly office. Um, and the Birmingham office, um, we all moved into that office before COVID, but it still feels kind of new. But both offices are very nice in great locations. Um, again, very sort of fancy, aesthetically pleasing offices. And we often hear, again, the same people who are telling us everybody wants to be remote um, are also telling us everybody wants 
fancy workspaces with all the bells and whistles and the free coffee and, you know, the ping pong tables and all that kind of stuff. How important is the actual workspace on the days that you're in there? I mean, obviously you don't want to work in a dump, but I mean... Yeah, so we're a little more... I would say it's a good mix. I would not say that we're like a super, you know, new style open. Um, But all the staff, like, it is cubes, but like they're all together. So there's definitely still that kind of team camaraderie. I was in a cube for two or three years. Uh, I, I do have an office now, which I like. I like being able to, which I'm someone who I keep my door open most of the time, but it is nice, you know, <clears throat> something like this. I, I can go in, shut the door, not have anyone uh, bother me. Um, I think back to your original question, I think it's important. I don't think it's the most important thing. You know, to me personally, I think I will say now we don't even we don't have I think it sounds like y'all's office has a little more food options, but it is nice knowing coffee, drinks. I can come in the office like I just kind of take it for granted, honestly. But, you know, you go other places or talk to friends and realize, oh, that, you don't have that. So I think that is a huge plus. Um, I just think and, you know, we, we, we definitely have a nice office. And uh, so I think it's important. I would say it's not the most important thing overall. Um, but yeah, I definitely think from what I've heard, our previous office was not nearly as nice as this. I don't know. If no. you know. Actually, I went to one visit there when I was a college student, but since I've been working here, we've been in this office. Um, so I absolutely have no complaints. It's in a great location, which I think is another underrated key, which the firm can't always do much about that. But for me personally, I can get here in 12 minutes. So uh, well, the fact that we're not right downtown uh, is nice. Plenty of food right across the street in the summit. If you want to go exactly. eat and talk right across exactly. the street, there's plenty of stuff right across. I, I do like the location in Birmingham. It's very, Colonnade's not a bad place to be. So let's kind of transition to um, one of the stereotypes. Um, It's kind of what people want, but it falls under things you hear about. um, I hate to say this generation of work, but I'm going to use that terminology. So you hear a lot of people say, talk about um, sort of your generation of talent and that you know, they're not as career focused and they're not, they don't want to, you know, work as hard as other people. And every time I hear that, I'm like, no, I, I think I disagree. I think they're, they all still want to, they are all still driven and want to achieve. They just want to do it differently. They just don't want to, you know, you're both auditors. So they still want to be um, they're still very driven to be successful auditors. They just want to do it a different way. And I don't think that means they want to work less. They just want to work differently. So I'm curious. I mean, Melissa, any any thoughts on that? Like if you look at some of the auditors um, in your practice or just in general, you know, how, I hate to say how hard do you want to work, but I've I feel like you're pretty career focused. I mean, still, you 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 haven't started a family yet, but you just got married. But I know that you seem very career focused when you and I speak. Any thoughts on that? Um, I I want to work hard, mostly because that's that's kind of how I was raised. You know, my parents are pretty old school. Um, but I think the Atlanta practice, most of the audit partners that I do work with are pretty progressive and they make me want to work hard through appreciating the hard work that I do already, um, but motivating me through 
letting me know that I'm doing well and supporting me in my endeavors to get my CPA exam passed. Cause that's one thing that I'm striving really hard to get done. Um, but some of, some of the work papers that I've been in, I will have to admit they need to be reworked a little bit and I can get a little pushback. The way that I want to do it is a, a lot quicker. It's automated, but it may not be what was done in the past. So every now and then I get some pushback, but for the most part, I, I don't think that it stands true that people don't want to work hard. I do agree that we just want to work smarter yeah, when it gosh. comes to the work that we're doing. I tell you a good podcast topic. Maybe the next one we'll do is on um, AI and how you can use AI to um, move forward, but that's still kind of controversial. But Grant, I'm curious your take on that because um, you you come from a family that's in the profession. So you you you've seen people working in public accounting, so it might be second nature to you, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's not about working, not not working as hard. Um, I think everybody, at least that I've worked with, or just about everybody, everybody knows you have to work hard in accounting. There's going to be times where there's going to be longer hours. I think what I would say, though, is I think myself and maybe people in my generation, as you said, I think it's you know there's going to be times you're going to have to work a lot, but I think there's a difference in working a lot and having to work dumb hours. And I think that's kind of where I would say I've kind of drawn the line. And and being here almost six years, no one has ever pushed me over that line of like, personally, I don't want to work, even during busy season, I don't want to work 70 hours a week. I was, even when I started, I was married. Um, since then, obviously I've added children. You know, I want to be able to see them. I want to be able to, you know, not just be working all the time, basically. And of course, from for me personally, January, February, and March, like I'm obviously working more than 40 hours. I'm working a lot of Saturdays. But one thing I've always said, and this is true, in six years or almost six years of working here, I think there's been one night that I haven't eaten dinner with my wife. Now, if, you know, occasionally that means I'm coming back home and I'm working a little bit after, but that's still pretty rare. You know, now I'll come in early, and once again, that's where the flexibility is so nice in this profession of like, okay, if I want to prioritize being home at six o'clock or six thirty or whatever, and having the night to be family time, then like I can come in early and I can work ten or eleven hours from seven to six, you know. And it's not, but like I said, it's not that dumb, what I call dumb work of like, all right, we're working from eight till eight a.m. to eleven p.m. You know, we're gonna eat dinner up here. You can leave at 11 and I'll see you back here in eight hours. And there's a lot, there's a lot of that in this profession, especially if you, you know, have friends and you talk around. I've got a brother who was in Nashville uh, at a different firm and he did that for two years and like, you know, and he's gone and they're, and that's just part of it. That's, you know, everyone kind of knows that's the drill, but I don't think sustainably long-term that was never what I wanted to do. And I would have, you know, bounced after a year or two if that was going to be the case. But I think if you really want to make it a career, you know, or not even a career, but if you want to be there in that mid range of at least make it five years, which not a lot of people do, I'm sure you've got the stats to back that up. But um, I think balancing out and finding a good middle ground is important. So I guess to circle back to your question, like, yes, I'm still going to work hard. And I know that's part of it, as you said, coming from family that's in it. But I don't personally ever want to be in that spot where, you know, it's just work, 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 work for months out of the year. Of course, you know, occasionally you may get a week even where it's crazy. And like, I know that it just, it is what it is for this week. And that's tough, but I don't think it's sustainable 
at least it's not for me um, working like that over any time, any long period of time. So let's talk about a, a couple of things that we haven't mentioned that I don't know if people think about them or I hate to say care about them, but some other things that I think people are looking for. I just don't know if it's articulated. What about things like um, opportunity? And I don't mean opportunity to you know be promoted to the next level. Like are opportunities to, um, whether that's get involved in training and development, you know, to be part of the quote unquote faculty at CRI and do training or get involved in other aspects of the firm, whether it's, you know, involved in an industry line or things like that. Are those things important or is, is it, yeah, that's kind of cool as part of my professional development, but it's not something I seek out. How important are those kind of things to y'all? Either one of you, whoever would like to answer. I would say like, I would say it's definitely a positive. I think I said before, even more simple than that. I think just, and this is, takes a couple of years to get to this point, or at least it did for me, but I think just knowing that your input is valued, which sounds very simple, but, you know, valued at like a partner level, basically certain decisions. I mean, there can be so many things, so many different ways that kind of manifest itself. But um, like an example for me, it's a couple years ago, um, we were not recruiting Sanford where I went. I, I didn't think very well, basically to put it bluntly. Um, and I, I was probably like in my third year and I kind of went to one of the partners and said, look, I'm perfectly happy continuing to do what I've done, which is show up to meet the firm's pretend that we have a chance to get some of these kids without doing anything else and then showing back up to another meet the firms. I will keep doing that, but I want you to know if we're serious about recruiting Sanford, this is what we need to do because I went through it and I understand pretty much how, 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 how the game works. And I didn't know how that would be received, but I just said, I just want you all to know that. And the partners was like, that's great. We want you to go recruit and you can basically do whatever you want or not do it, you know, not do whatever you want, but you have full reign to go recruit Sanford. And that I was given that. And we've had two Sanford interns like spring 2022. We had or this past spring and we've got another one coming in next year. Um, so that's been awesome. And like, I've really appreciated that. That is a, like I said, a, at the time, just a senior was able to just have that frank conversation with a partner um, or partners. And, you know, it's it, like, it definitely felt, like I had a lot of trust and was, you know, rewarded with that basically. Um, so that's just one example, but it's just, it's that like having that uh, respect level, I guess. Um, and that, and as I said before, that can be so many different things, so many different areas of what you want and what you want to do. But I do think it's important. I just think it can be a very broad category. Well, let's, let's talk about that. And I, and I, I love that. What's funny about that is Sanford's literally just down the. Yeah. About six to eight minutes, maybe. Yeah. It's just down the street. But so you talk about feeling valued. So let, let's talk about values. You know, it's it, it's so interesting to me. Again, graduated college in the 90s, been working professionally since the 90s. And it's been so interesting to watch how there were certain things you never talk about at work, never talk about at work, to now people expect you to not only talk about it, but to put it out there for the whole world. 
Um, and it's, you know, where organizations release statements on different things going on in the world and all, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, we now have cancel culture and all of that. So which can tie to political opinion. Used to be you wouldn't talk about politics at work ever, 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 ever. Um, so when you think about your own values and things like that, how important is it that a company and we don't have to single out individual statements. We don't have to bring politics into this discussion. But is it important to you that your employer make, um, when certain things are going on culturally in the world, that your employer makes statements or things like that or has those posts? Um, you know, we, we had a post um, Monday. God, what's today? I had to think a moment of what the date was. The dates just fly together. We had a post on Monday. Um how important is it that your employer makes those statements, whether it's about certain holidays, observances, or things going on culturally in the world today? Is that important to you? People will tell you, consultants will tell you that it is. Is it? Um, well, I like, this is where my separation of work and home comes in because I'm not someone that personally brings politics into work or anything. I do really appreciate when, you know, for example, CRI does make these announcements and recognizes any type of group, but it's not something that I seek out. And I, I guess that's more of just an ignorance on my side. I, I kind of stay away from that stuff because I don't really like the conflict that usually follows a conversation like that. Um, so I'm, I'm just really neutral on it yeah. to be honest. It's hard for me because again, I, I came up from a place where you, you, you don't talk about that stuff at work and you don't, you don't ask your employees about that stuff at work and you don't. And so it's, it's always been very separate. Grant, any thoughts from you? Yeah, I think it's hard. Cause I think this is such an individual question. Right? I mean, I can, I mean, my opinion is like, I don't. Depends on what it is. Right. And like, I don't personally, I don't need CRI making statements on my behalf or like, I don't need to agree with them. And that would be, I would say things that I'm opinions I share or disagree with. Um, I just kind of, you were talking at the start about, you know, employees getting more of their worth from work. Like I enjoy my job. I think my job's important, but that's just not where my mind goes on a lot of things. Like, you know, I have other things that I've outside of work that I prioritize and I would say could um, avenues where I can share my beliefs. Um, I would say I do feel relatively strongly that I think corporations or places of work should stay out of purely controversial issues. I think that, you know, posting about holidays is perfectly fine, you know, a wide range of holidays. Yeah. I think that's fine. That doesn't, I don't think that's going to, or that shouldn't be a problem for people. I think when you talk about companies sticking their neck out on very sensitive political issues, which goodness knows there's a lot of them these days. Like I just don't see the benefit of that. That doesn't mean, you know, I'm not the one running that decision for CRI and that's fine. But I would say in general, I appreciate that CRI kind of from what I see stays out of, hot button issues. But again, that gets down, that's a difference in being a large regional firm versus all these 
national companies that are run by different people and feel like they've got to make a statement. Um, yeah. You know, it has changed and I don't, I don't feel like it's been a long time. I mean, you, you, you again, when I talk about when I was your age, when I was coming up, you know, I'm only talking like 20 years ago. So not a long, 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 long time ago. And it went from you came to work and you did want to be paid competitively. You did want it to be, you did want it to be, sorry. You wanted to be paid a competitive wage. You wanted to be given, um, you know, challenging, meaningful work. You wanted the opportunity to grow. And Grant, I love what you said about feeling valued and that your input was valued. You definitely wanted that. But outside of that, I came to work to get a check and then I went home. I was friends with people at work and I was friendly at work, but that wasn't my community. But now it is so different in the things that um, come into work and the things that people expect from their employer. Um, it is different. It's so different. I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. It is just different. And I think you still have to, though, you can't make blanket statements off of that. You still have to engage with people individually. And, you know, as they always say, meet people where they are, meaning understand where they are and what they need um, and go from there. Well, and I think one one more thing I'll add to that too. I think maybe something that's changed is like, well, I don't want CRI, in my opinion, making big, blatant political statements and whatnot. Like, I do think it's changed some of like, I'll come in and have cordial, but like, we can I can have conversations with people in the office about politics or whatnot, where that's probably has changed in the last twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, we're not getting in screening matches and whatnot that you can quickly <laughs> find on social media, but like. You know, I think as long as the conversations and like you have real relationships with people, like I think you can totally have discourse on sensitive subjects. I just think that, yeah, I don't want CRI putting out a blanket statement that's supposed to speak for me, if that makes sense. So I'd be remiss since you're both high performers that work here and I love you and um, I don't want either one of you to leave. And yes, some of this is I'm picking your brains to make sure you're happy. Um, is there anything that would be a deal breaker for you that if an employer did or didn't do, it would be a deal breaker for you? I feel like this is, I might be a little different a couple of years farther down the road, uh, than some people. I do think at this point, if I was like, just told an absolute, you've got to work on this, like you have to go do this job, this client that I did not want to do. That would be close to deal breaker. There's obviously it could be exceptions. And like, if it's just the absolute only solution for us to get it done, like there obviously would be caveats. But if it was like, hey, I've told my superiors, I don't want to do any more governments, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, Grant, you're going to go run these two government jobs and it's going to take four or five months out of your year. That would be something that I, that would be something that I honestly like knowing that the leverage you have as a CPA and especially with my amount of time, um, you know, that was, that would probably be close. Um, luckily no one has ever done that. My feedback has always been valued, as I said before, and my, I have gotten my schedule tweaked going back a few years ago because of opinions or things that I wanted. Um, but I would say that would be the one thing that would be pretty close at this point is if it's type of job that I've done before and didn't enjoy and don't want to do again, then I don't want it in general, to be thrown on my schedule, you know, with no consultation. 
I tell partners all the time, this is a very common reason people leave firms. Because if we'll use your example of government work. So if somebody says, hey, I've been doing a little bit of government, banking, real estate, whatever, a little bit of everything. I want to get more into banking, not loving the government. If I could roll off of that and they never roll you off and in fact, give you more. Okay. There's a million other firms that'll be, oh, you don't have to do a drop of government and we'll give you only banking if that's what you want. You're going to lose that person, which means not only do you not have anybody doing that government, it's going to be hard for me to go back and find you because the talent's smaller. Um, I would say that's a very common reason um, people leave firms is because they find what they're enjoying, the types of clients they're enjoying and speak up about it. And that needs not met. What about you, Melissa? Any deal breakers? I'd have to say the same thing. You know, if, if a work, a place of work wasn't able to work with me on moving out of an industry or into an industry that I was interested or disinterested in, then that would have to be a deal breaker for me. But outside of that, I, um, this is my first real job in public accounting. So I don't really have anything to compare to. Um, but just like Grant, if, if there wasn't some action after I've expressed my distaste for doing something, then that'd probably be a deal breaker for me. So I'll open it up to either one of you. Um, I always like to close with any advice. So, you know, the obvious would be um, any advice for management, employers, hiring managers, um, people who are uh, people like myself, who are the ones who are having to put things in place, uh, make decisions around uh, what, quote unquote, people want. I think I would just say, um, it sounds simple, but just listening and giving good, clear feedback on things uh, like that example I just talked about, you know, there would be a, like a major difference in, all right, we picked up or somebody just left and there's no other option for this one year to get this job done. And you just go to me and say, Hey Grant, I know you don't want to work on this or you may not want to work on this. We understand this is putting you in a tough spot, but you know, we just really need you for this one year. That is way different than just seeing it come up on your schedule and this is what you're doing. And I think that that can go for a lot of different things. Um, You know, I think, just constantly communicating. And I think feedback, feedback, positive and negative is big. I know um, from people at other places, not, not just accounting firms, just work in general, you know, you, I'm hearing a lot of like, you know, no feedback. And then all of a sudden, you know, your job's cut or whatever. And then that gets, that's tough. I understand that a lot goes into that, but um, yeah, I just think constantly kind of keeping that line of communication open is, is very, very important. Um, and something that I value. Um, yeah. Y'all know how I feel about conversations that count. What about you, Melissa? Um, like Grant said, you know, just, just make me feel valued. I think it's super important to make your, your team feel supported. Don't overload them with work. Don't reward your high performers with more work. That's not a reward. Um, make us feel respected, trusted, valued. That's about it. And you get it in return, you know? So I do think it is very important to have those one-on-one discussions and understand where people are at in that moment. Um, I personally don't like to rely on all the little emails I get that tell me, here's what this whole big group of people want. I would rather the individual tell me um, what they want and works with them. 
If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at CRICPA.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review. 